Welcome to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics, where the conversation always gives you a foundation that is built on biblical principles, so you can intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, and the reality we live in, and history. Host Joe Gaona covers topics like apologetics, worldviews, contemporary culture, and the Word of God to help you articulate a defense for how you live your Christian life. See how you can get involved in support Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com. That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com. Joe, where is that magnifying glass? How you doing today? This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics, and we're here to intellectually think about arguments as we weigh out truth with history, facts, science, philosophy, and the reality that we live in. And does it make sense as we weigh this out? What kind of worldview are you standing on? What kind of worldview are you living on? We're going to talk about a hard topic this week and the next week coming. Our conversation will be, what does the Bible say about the gay lifestyle, men sleeping with men and women with women. I want the world to understand the sophistication and the competent language that God has chosen while deliberately putting subject and topics of life in the Bible and leaving a discussion out in certain particular subjects. The push you feel in America of the cancel culture has been just as loud in the college campuses and believe it or not in the literature and the labs of biology, psychology, neuroscience for the last 15 years or so. What has been demonstrated through this time is that the Bible has a stronger foundation than ever. As the onslaught continues, I want to talk about a subject that is personal to people and groups. We see boys and girls as early as four or five years old begin to feel the conflict of life. And those who are in the very vulnerable teenage stage expect answers for who they are and how they feel about their identity. As men and women become an adult, the pressure of life intensifies all the more. Now, truth is a standard, and we must know that, that a Christian is told to hold on to truth. These standards become principles that, if true, will at the end of the day let you sleep. The Bible says, do not be deceived. Why would it ask us to do that? Do not be deceived, and it's talking to Christians in particular. And yet, through all of these issues of life, Jesus reminds us to love our neighbor in gentleness and fear of reverence for the Creator who made us in His image, that we all have worth, value, and dignity. The question is, what does the Bible say about living a lifestyle of relations, men having sex with men and women with women? 
So I want to jump into Romans here. But first, some statistics. Do you realize there's been eight major studies of identical twins in Australia, the U.S., and Scandinavia? And during the last two decades, all arrive at the same conclusion, gays were not born that way. Neil Whitehead, the Ph.D., notes the studies reveal something else. If an identical twin has same-sex attraction, the chances the chances the co-twin has it are only 11% for men and 14% for women. One study showed if one identical twin is homosexual, less than 20% of the time, the other becomes homosexual. Because the DNA or the biological makeup of identical twins are the same, we should see a much higher percentage rate. There's no biological gene that causes someone to be gay, at least for now. When we think of the gay gene researcher Dean Hammer, Dean Hammer is a researcher often cited to argue that there is empirical data supporting the notion that homosexuality is genetic in origin. News organizations like Public Radio and Newsweek have done news stories regarding his work. But two years later, after he'd done his work, Elliot Marshall reported in Science, June 30, 1995, page 268, George Ebers and George Rice of the University of Western Ontario has unsuccessfully attempted to replicate Hammer's finding and had found no evidence that gayness is passed from mother to son genetically. Also, we know that anxiety, self-hatred, depression, suicide is at a much higher rate among the LGBTQT. There are those who would say it's because we are not accepting enough. Yet, in other countries that are gay-affirming like Denmark, Australia, New Zealand, Sweden, the rates are just as high. So let's talk about this subject. A subject of 7 billion people in the world, and yet many people are trying to identify who they are. So let's dive into the Bible. We're going to talk about, first of all, we're going to go right into Romans. As you know, there are six or seven verses that talk about homosexuals or a gay people, the gay people, or uh, what uh, gay affirming people believe is okay to be, do or be like in the Bible. But Romans one twenty one talks about this, and although it's just a few verses It's remarkable how intense it gets with its wording. It's remarkable how the Holy Spirit pushes Paul to talk about these few verses in such a way that it's emphatic, necessary, and that we can't miss the points that it's trying to describe to us in the New Testament. So let's talk about this. It starts off in verse 21. And it says, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Just upon reading this verse, we find something happening. That 
there's this continual process of these people who knew God that their hearts become darkened. And it's a process, right? It's not something that quickly happens, but it's something of a process that takes place. They become futile in their thoughts. This is a process that begins to take place. Now, there are those who would say this verse in Romans 1.21 is talking about people who knew God and walked away from him. It's a religious overtone rather than a society as a whole. But this cannot be farther from the truth, and this is not the context. The context is everyone knows there is a God, and everyone is without excuse. We can see this if we go up three verses to verse 18, and this is how it starts. It says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So first, Paul tells us here that it's all unrighteousness of men who are suppressing the truth. This is why unrighteousness happens is because they begin to suppress the truth. Because it goes on to say in verse 19, because what may be known of God is made known to them for God has shown it to them. So every person knows that there is a God. How? It goes on to say, for since the creation of the world, so since the beginning of time, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. In other words, we would be able to know there is a God just looking out in creation. I have a podcast on this called General Revelation, and that we would be able to know about his eternal power so that they are without excuse. God is saying that every unrighteous man out there is without excuse. So this is not talking about someone who knew God in a, in a relationship and then walked away from him in some kind of religious attitude. This is talking about the whole world, all mankind who are without excuse to know there is a God. We clearly see that this is talking about all people who do not have a saving relationship with God. And it goes on to say, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. So they knew there was a God. They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now listen, it goes on to say on verse 22 that claiming to be wise about these things, they became fools, God says, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God. What did they exchange it for? For images resembling mortal man, birds and animals and creeping things. And it goes on to say this, that therefore, because of this attitude, that God gave them up in the lust of their hearts. Think about that for a second. That God gave them up for the lust of their hearts. They gave, he gave them up to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. And we'll go on on the second part to talk about this topic that we have, which is a hard topic of gay people and homosexuals in the Bible. 
This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics, and we'll see you on the second half. Don't go away because there is much more to come with Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise. Throughout All Ages Ministry 1530 Apologetics goes into the public high school to build up the student's character to intellectually think about their worldview and weigh it with truth. Studies show 75 to 85 percent of all college students who grew up in a Christian home are walking away from their faith. For more information about 1530 Apologetics, go to throughoutallages.com. Join Creation Fellowship's and T's Apologetics Speaker Series Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. via Zoom. 1 Peter verse 3, chapter 15 says, To always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. Creation Fellowship's and T's brand name Apologetics Speakers will do just that. Equip you with the knowledge and tactics to explain your Christian faith. Get equipped Thursday nights at 6.30. Learn more on Facebook and YouTube at Creation Fellowship's and T or email creationfellowshipsandt at gmail.com. Welcome back to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. And now, here's your host, Joe Gaona on K-Praise. How you doing? Here we are in the second half of Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. And we're asking the question, what does the Bible say about gay people, about homosexuals and their lifestyle? And we are in Romans 1, and we were talking about God giving them up to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Because, why? Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. I wonder what that looks like, to exchange the truth about God for a lie. This can happen to an individual, a society, a tribe, or even a nation. It can happen quickly or take generations until a civilization has denied God who made them or those who would make a God like themselves. They now have become their own God. In 1963, the Bible was taken from the schools and the exponential growth of pride, disobedience, haughtiness, rebellion, and sexual immorality is at a height of a phenomenal upgrade. And it goes on to say in the Bible, for this reason, because of their attitude, that God gave them up. Think about that. How does God give someone up? It goes on to say, for God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchange natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave, the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men. Let me read that again. Consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So here God is saying one of the conditions, one of the reasons why they're acting this way is that God gave them up, that God gave them over. 
And this is the penalty of their error is that God would say, hey, I'm going to give you up. You want it so bad. You want it to be what you think it is, and you do not want to take my word for what it says. I will let go. My hand will let go and let evil come in and really dismantle your character. And this can happen in many types of ways. One of those shameful acts is sodomy or buggery. There are those who say Paul was speaking of pederasty, that one of the Roman Empire practices was a man would mentor a young boy, 12, 13, 14 years old, and while grooming him for sex, that is annual sex. But the verse says men committing shameless acts with men consumed with passion for one another. This is the consent of two adults. This is not prostitution in some cultic temple, but it's the consent of two uh, two adults. And it says receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. The penalty for their error is God would give them over to their passions. This is key. Penalty for their error. This error brings a rebellion and pride. God says to that person the same thing he said to Pharaoh of Egypt. I will harden your heart. But how does God harden your heart? By giving way to your lust and desires. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Throughout history, men have tried to turn the Bible upside down. But we find ourselves not coming to a committee of people, but always back to the Word of God. You see, the Word of God will always fight against errors. It's made, it's made that way. God made the Bible in such a way that the heirs will come up like tares from wheat. And from an all-knowing God, God didn't know what we would look like as a society even after 2,000 years of history, and his word will still stand the test of time. But we're not finished here in Romans It goes on to say, and since they did not see it fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Think about that. A debased mind. I'm telling you, the words that God is using here is uh, willfully put in here that we might understand what God is saying about these issues. It says that they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree, that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. There are those who say what God is revealing is that anyone who turns against God and his word, anyone who exchanges the truth about God for a lie at some point 
God will give you over to your lust, a reprobate mind. And this is true. Someone might say, well, it seems to me this is talking about crazy men, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and maliciousness. I want to make this clear. Whether you think you are religious, sincere, moral, a good person, the Bible says do not be deceived. God is not mocked. God is love, but God has a standard that is based on truth. And can I just say this? Any one of us can become these people who he mentions at the last verse here. That any of us were these people until God came down and saved us. Let's say you have a community of robbers. And listen to this little type story. Let's say, because the question is, well, we're better now. We know how to handle ourselves as uh, gay people, and we know how to do it consently and do it like uh, heterosexuals do it, you know, have love and passion for one another and a commitment. And it's not all this uh, temple cultic type of uh, sodomizing that's going on. Well, let's say you have a community of robbers. Let's suppose this. Most robbers will not murder people just to murder them. And most will not rape innocent victims. In fact, the majority will look innocent, take on a family, maybe a relationship. But they all are still robbers. They all are still thieves. So God is zoning in on the gay person here in Romans. He is making a distinction that cannot be missed. Effeminate, sodomy, woman on woman will not be tolerated as holy but defiled. And at some point, he gives you over to your lust. The question is, what does that look like? And I think he makes it clear. It's at the end of the passage, God gives a fair warning to all those who practice unrighteousness. I want to go further here in the New Testament. Next week, we'll hit the Old Testament. But I want to talk about 1 Timothy 1.10. It goes on to say, Knowing this, that the law is not made for the righteous person, but for the lawless and the insubordinate, for the ungodly and for the sinners, for the unholy and the profane, for murders of fathers, murders of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Paul makes it clear that the whole world needs to get right before God. The sin is on the wealthy and the poor. Sin is on the happy and the downcast. Sin is on the philanthropist and the gambler. All have fallen short of the glory of God. But 1 Corinthians 6, and we'll end with this. It says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then he says this, Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers or extortionaries will inherit the kingdom of God. 
So he says, do not be deceived. Do not be tricked or manipulated. But I love what he says at the end as he mentions all this. That, man, we have to watch our step that we are not deceived. But it goes on to say this in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 6. And such were some of you. Some of you were idolaters, fornicators, thieves, covetousness, drunkards, homosexuals, sodomites. But he says, some of you were such, but you were washed, but you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Can I tell you that with God, there is nothing impossible, and he will meet you right where you're at. But the Bible is very clear on how we should live our lives. And although the culture, and although at times it might be confusing as to see how sin works. I strive with sin every day. I strive as a heterosexual, as I look at the people around me, that I have to hold myself check every day on who I am. And so I want you to know that God loves you and wants to meet you right where you're at. This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics throughout all ages. Please come back next week as we finish the second part of the gay lifestyle and what does the Bible have to say with it. Thank you. That's a take. And this has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. You can learn more about your host, Joe Gaona, how to support and get involved with 1530 Apologetics by visiting throughoutallagesministries.com. That's throughoutallagesministries.com. 1530 Apologetics is vigorously setting the pace to give easy answers to hard questions in the culture we live in. So be sure to join Joe at this same time next week for more biblical principles to help you intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, the reality we live in, and history. This has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise.